With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to Edgework on the Hammer Betting Network, a daily live NHL show, Monday through Friday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Breaking down the games of that night, breaking down what happened in the night before and giving best bets. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Edgework Show. You can find us on YouTube at Edgework. And if you want to track all the picks that are made on this show in real time, see how they're performing throughout the day, whether the lines are moving in our favor or against us, and you want to track them after the fact, you can go over to the Betstamp app, click on the little button there that says Find betters you can search us up as edgework give us a follow and you will see all the plays made in real time guys there's five games on the schedule here tonight so we will go through each one of those but before we do last night not only was there a few games with a scoring onslaught against a couple of teams but there was one man in particular who managed to outscore another team who put up four goals themselves that is tage thompson scoring five goals last night for the buffalo sabers four in the first period alone uh so money i know you uh, you watched that buffalo game that was a that was a pretty exciting one to to get to witness yeah and i mean like great great on the kid he's gonna he's gonna enjoy that his whole career it's gonna be something that's gonna no matter what happens going forward it's gonna be something that uh kind of people remember and you know that's 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 something as you're as you're a kid going going on going through the years in the league it's um it's nice to be remembered for something like that so early in your career um and columbus i mean what what are you guys doing here right like um i I thought that uh, Larson saved his job with um, with all the injuries that they were suffering, but with a performance like that, I think that he's he's back in the picture too now for first coach fired. Yeah, you're, <clears throat> you're probably a little nervous about that one, as uh, yeah. he, as is Alex Moreto holding <laughs> on to some uh, Boudreaux first coach fired tickets. But yeah. hey, don't worry about it as long as Bruce Boudreaux continues to uh, scratch guys on nights that are important to them then uh things may may continue to go south in vancouver we'll see i mean they do continue to get wins but uh russ did you catch any of that sabers game last night yeah yeah it was unbelievable actually in the chat that uh, so money and i are in a couple of the guys had over three and a half shots on goal for tage thompson i think that was <laughs> the first period ended up with nine shots on goal five goals i mean it was yeah. just unbelievable i yeah, I checked that score. I think it was 6-0 in the first period. I had to like double check. I closed yep. my app just to make sure something wasn't glitching, open it back up. Sure enough, 6-0 in the first period. So yeah, it was absolutely wild. And then the same thing that we've talked about with the Canucks, man, they cannot stop anybody. And fortunately, the Sharks are terrible at defense too. So they were able to score a couple goals last night. But I think, yeah, like we've talked about multiple times, that that back end on the Canucks is just awful. Their defense is struggling. So yeah, there's all kinds of goals last night, which I, I love to see. We're primarily uh, over betters on my, you know, my end. So I love to see that onslaught of goals. It's so much fun. 
All right, well, I have a question for you guys, and this partially stems from something that was asked to me uh, the other day. But throughout the NHL, I mean, we're sitting here talking about guys could be first coach fired. So who's who's going to be the first coach fired? And you look around the league, there's different guys that it could be at this point even. But it's a lot of it is like, who's going to be that replacement? Well, something you continue to hear is like, oh, Barry Trotz is sitting out there in the rafters. You hear about guys who used to coach in the league who might have an opportunity to come back. Rick Tockett. The NHL is a league that kind of recycles through coaches at a high pace. Um, Now, the question that was asked to me was way off the beaten path. I did not see it coming. They asked me if Mike Babcock could ever have an opportunity to coach in the NHL again. And it was just, it was one where I actually had to pause for a second, just based on where teams go in terms of looking for guys to come back. Like as soon as John Tortorella was done, I kind of thought like, all right, that's probably the end of torts in the NHL. What is it in the NHL that makes recycling coaches almost successful i mean you're looking at a team like las vegas who goes out and grabs bruce cassidy who's fired in boston they're having success jim montgomery comes in back as a head coach with boston they're having success lindy ruff to new jersey they're having success and it's like i'm definitely even missing some around the league here rick bonus in winnipeg now all of a sudden they're having success maurice goes to florida not the greatest story there as of right now but like what is it in the NHL that differentiates it a little bit where it's like, hey, just recycling through guys, they'll continue to have success? I think that there's a, <clears throat> there's a couple of ways to look at it. Um, if you, on, on one hand, you have coaches who are, with their style and the way they are, they're, they're a better fit in certain situations. So you look at a guy like Tortorella, we know how he is, right? The guy's going to rip the paints off the wall. It works on like a young team um, for a little bit, right? So if you need to get a young team to change the culture of their dressing room, a guy like him works. Now, I can't see him there in Philadelphia for like the next four or five years, but but to get them to a certain level, I think he's he's there. Very similar to Rick Bonus as well in um, Winnipeg. They needed to change the culture there. They didn't necessarily they weren't ready to kind of blow up that team. So, so they wanted to change their culture. So you bring in a guy like bonus who can, who's good, but he's also known to be kind of a hard ass sometimes too. Um, you, you, you kind of need that. The other way to look at it is that hockey is a really high variant sport, right? So you're going to have situations where um, it, it doesn't work out for a period of time, but you do the same thing somewhere else and it just works out. And that's, and that's just variance. Right. So, um, so there's two ways to look at it. I think that um, there is something to be said about coaching styles though. And I think that um, it, it definitely does, 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 does matter in hockey. Yeah. 100%. I think, you know, so many kind of nailed it on the head, but just to reiterate a little bit, it's just, it seems to me like certain coaching styles fit with different, groups of players a little bit better and so kind of once they get in the guys that they want or they maybe they switch to a to a team that they can incorporate their culture their defensive style a little bit more that just kind of clicks a little bit more with some of those guys and yeah i'm sure the age has a lot to do with it like so many said if you get some of these younger guys that can be molded these new jersey devils you know with lindy ruff just just absolutely changing this team 
And I would, uh, you know, I would say it happens in other sports too. Um, when you look at the NFL, you've got people like Doug Peterson who hasn't had a great season, but he's back and he's doing a great job with the terrible Jaguars team. You've got Ron Rivera up at the, up at the Washington commanders and completely turned around a terrible team. So I think it happens in a lot of different sports. Um, and it's just part of kind of finding your fit, finding that culture fit, and then finding guys that want to buy in exactly like so many said. All right, real quick then before we go into these games, because I was asked the question, I had to answer it myself. Uh, so money, I'll start with you. Do you see any type of situation that could see Mike Babcock back in the NHL at any point? Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, he he will get in with like probably a low a low profile team, um, relatively low profile low, low, low um, kind of team. So like even like a place like Columbus, maybe I can. I can I can see him popping up there. Russ, any thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, I think that that, that those low hanging teams kind of pop up first. Uh, you think about teams like, you know, that probably will stick with their like the Blackhawks probably will stick with their guys. Um, you know, the Ducks probably will stick with their coaching. Um, you know, the Columbus, the Blue Jackets is probably one of the first teams that come to mind too. And we were chatting about this a little bit before the mics clicked on, but that's definitely not something that so money wants to see because he's got that uh, Bruce Brudrow first coach fired future. But yeah, that would be one of the only teams I would worry about when you, without you cashing that it's like, it's uh, so I don't know, maybe, you know, what if Mike Babcock goes to uh, goes up to Vancouver and uh, you know, rejuvenates that squad. He's going to have uh, he's going to have Patterson and Besser writing lists about who works uh, <laughs> right. the least hard on the team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like what are you doing in this day and age having having stuff like that and then and then allowing it to get out i know i know i see i i said no and the reason i said no was because i think his handling after it became public was part of what was so difficult there he's been known to be a guy who's a complete hard ass uh if you follow mike commodore at all you can basically see like every other tweet or thing that he does he just has to give an f you to mike babcock about his handling of situations which like fair enough certain guys are just gonna hate certain coaches that's what it is like it's it's it happens in anything certain people are just gonna hate certain teachers or whatever it is in in life but it happens other people will love them um i I think it was just like his handling of it when he was asked about it he was basically just like yeah i did that and like what do you want from me Whereas I think if he was kind of like, yeah, it was a mistake, like learn, move on. I think it would probably be a little bit easier to digest. I I just had, that was my only gripe with the situation really. Other than like, I think what he did was kind of idiotic, like, (laughs) but anyways, (laughs) Uh, going on to tonight's games, we do have five here. So we'll go through each one of them. Let's start with the Nashville Predators and the Tampa Bay Lightning here. The Predators are currently uh, a bunch of games back. They have a bunch of games in hand on some of these teams ahead of them in the West out there. They are two points out of a wild card spot. But if you're looking, they've got like three, four games in hand on teams that are in wild card spots or even teams that are just in positions in their divisions ahead of them. And some of that obviously has to do with the fact that their arena flooded and they had to take a couple of games off at home or postpone them. But that's a team that's kind of in a weird spot because they're on that like fringe bubble area where, hey, maybe you have a good run and you could push in. You've got a good goaltender in net and Soros. You've got guys that you've signed back that you think could be impact players like 
Forsberg and Granlin, guys that can make impacts there. Uh, Tanner Genoa, a young guy who could potentially blossom into something incredible there like maybe the next Tom Wilson and you're looking at some of these guys you think maybe that team could be pretty good but right now not necessarily in the greatest spot and the team they're going up against tonight the Tampa Bay Lightning they just continue to roll the biggest thing that I've compared them to has been the Golden State Warriors after they had that incredible season where they set NBA records and they went on to the finals and they lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers and it was a huge it was a huge story because it was like hey you set all these records doesn't mean anything till the playoffs well Tampa just basically seems content to get to the playoffs and one thing that made it very evident was John Cooper's statements after the the game against the Maple Leafs he basically said to the media he's like yeah when I was very young in my career each regular season loss impacted us and it weighed on us and it doesn't really anymore and I think that was a little bit of a shot at Toronto and Toronto media because they absolutely live and die by every single game, every single loss, and you Mm -hmm. lose in overtime to the Tampa Bay Lightning and the world is collapsing. But I think he was just kind of even making a general blanket statement of like, we don't really give a shit. Like, we're just trying to get to the playoffs and that's where we know we'll be good. So, Money, when you're looking at this game, Tampa... Nashville I mean not necessarily any goalie confirmations that I've seen yet but how do you kind of break this one down so I think we've we've seen this in the last couple of years that uh there's pretty much nothing Tampa Bay can do in the regular season for me to start worrying about them um they 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 did this last year too they're just they're just trying to get by um right like they they know that they're they're one of the few teams that does have a different gear in the in in the playoffs. I, I often talk about that. It's really hard to just turn it on, um, just when you feel like it, when like the games mean more. But but they're an exception to that. Um, for for tonight, I'm not high on Nashville coming into the season. I think that they had a lot of they had a lot of production last year from guys who kind of played above above expectations, and I. Going into the season, I kind of expected that to start regressing a bit. And with even with those numbers from guys who didn't necessarily, um, I, I, I didn't expect it, it still took um, a career year by sorrows to get them into the playoffs, right? So I'm not high on this team. Um, they, they have struggled defensively. Um, now, the good thing for them is that sorrows has has found his game. I do expect him to start here. Um, but for Tampa Bay, we're just waiting for goalie confirmation, which it could break when we're on air. So um, <laughs> I will have that. I will have that breaking news for for you guys as soon as it's confirmed. But um, I'm I'm actually expecting Elliot to get the start. Um, and if he does, you're going to see the market blow up on the uh, on the overs and on Nashville probably to a lesser extent, but definitely on the, uh, on the over for sure. So we're waiting for that. I do like the over Tampa Bay continues to generate offense. Um, they're, they're still pushing the pace. Um, they have shown um, kind of glimpses there of not caring defensively sometimes, which, which I think uh, goes, um, go, goes into what you were talking about earlier that sometimes it just doesn't matter And a game against Nashville in the middle of December, like, Mm-hmm. who really cares yep. right? so, yep. so I can see this being a freewheeling kind of game 
it's kind of yeah, impressive, he, Russ. It's sorry, just it's kind of impressive yeah. that like we actually get to watch a team that just night in night out is like we don't care who we play, we don't yeah. care what position we finish in the in the standings. Like you see at the end of the season, every team like oh every point matters. It matters home ice. It matters who you play. Tampa is quite literally like we don't care. Put us yeah. on the road. Put us against the best team. Put us against the worst team. We don't care. It's the playoffs. We're gonna play playoff hockey. We're gonna win. Yeah, and they're they're still winning. Yeah, exactly. You know, they're in that they're in a, one of the toughest divisions in the in the league, and they're eight and two and zero oh in their last 10, 10 games, and they're just playing playing well. They're playing very well on the other side of the puck. Just to kind of reiterate what so money said on Nashville, they've actually surprised me a lot these past few games. They're seven two and one in their last ten games. Saros has just been playing as well as last year. And uh, even Lankinen, even Kevin Lankinen has been playing really well as a backup goalie. They've been doing it with defense. I think um, they're ninth in goals uh, goals allowed against, expected goals allowed against, I'm sorry. Um, but they're 30th in goals when they're on the road. So I think they might struggle here against a very good Tampa Bay team. Now on the other side of the puck, um, Tampa Bay just scores in bunches at home. They're fourth in goals at home. They're over-unders nine and four in their last uh, 13 games at home. So I do show value. I've got this game lined closer, a little bit above six and a half. So if we do see Elliot here, I might try and take a quick six, but it'll be it'll be a race to the you know a race to the screen because so money and all his boys will be will be hitting that over over six. I'm sure right away. So it'll be kind of fun to watch. You know, if if Elliot does pop up, open your odds screen up and just check out how the market reacts, just so you can be prepared for for next time. But this will probably end up being no play for me. I'll be rooting for uh, so money and the guys in the chat to to get the you know get over six goals. We do we do have um, uh, a six some sixes hanging uh, hanging out there right now. I'm seeing some of the best one in market is minus one fifteen. You can find that on a bunch of different books, but uh, yeah, just keep your eyes on that. See how it uh, how it plays out throughout the day. I mean, goalie news is fairly important, especially if not for what you deem it to be in terms of the movement yourself, it'll be very important for how the market might move and react accordingly. Uh, another game here tonight, next one, the Toronto Maple Leafs taking on the LA Kings. Now, this team, obviously, we're talking about Toronto. This is a team that lives and dies by every game. They need to win every game. Otherwise, it is uh, end of the world here in Toronto and we'll burn things down and riot in the streets. But... This Leafs team, they've continued to roll despite missing some of their top defensemen. They do manage to get TJ Brody back in the lineup here tonight, which kind of comes at the perfect timing as Victor Mete got injured in the last game. So they were down to 5D for about half of that game against Dallas. That's a, This is a team that whoever you switch between with goaltenders hasn't really mattered, whether it be Murray or Samsonov. They've both been very good. Matt Murray obviously does put up statistically one of the greatest goaltending performances in a shutout of all time against the Dallas Stars the other night. But even relying on Samsonov being the guy in there, he's been a guy who can win them some games at different points throughout the season so far. Now on the flip side, the LA Kings... Their goaltending situation has been quite a disaster. I mean, they've had to send uh, Peterson down. Quick has not been great, but, I mean, he's not going to get sent down. He can't get sent down. And then they've just had to outscore some problems, and they've ended up in situations where it's been so bad they can't outscore those problems. Russ, if you're looking at this game here tonight, 
I'm seeing over under six in the game right now. Leafs are heavily favored going up against the Kings. Is this one about where you thought it would be going into today? Like if you're just looking at it, maybe you're making some numbers on the game. Is this about where yeah. it should be? Yeah, I think um, you know, I think the side is right on market for my numbers. I have I have Toronto right about one minus one ninety, so there will be no play there. Uh, unfortunately, I do have an edge on the over constantly with this Toronto team. I think that's because of their defense is missing so many players that I have a little bit of an edge on the over, but I probably will lay off. It's probably not enough for me to lock in. They're 3-10 and 10 in their last 13 games at home on the under. So the over-under is 3-10 and 10 towards the under on their last, their last um, t- 13 games at home. And, uh, I mean, like you said, quick is just a mess on the other side. That would be one thing that would lean me towards the over. He's – I've got him at 68th in goals saved above expectation. He's allowed seven goals in the last two games on 52 shots, which is just a terrible goal saved percentage. So if anything, I think Toronto regulation will probably get there. They'll probably win pretty handedly, but I don't think I have any value. I don't have, I won't have a play on the over with how this Toronto's defense has been playing, man. Their back end has just been playing so well the last few games. And like you said, Murray and Samsonov has surprised everybody. Samsonov, eight in goals saved above expectation. Eight, that's pretty dang good. And, um, you know, their defense is really good at home, just like I said, Toronto. So this this won't be a play for me. If anything, I, I think the Leafs take care of business pretty easily. I, um, I, I live in Vancouver, and I make no secret of the fact that I I love this Leafs team. I've yeah. I've loved them for the last couple of years. I think that – even their loss last year, there was um, there was there was a lot of bad luck involved there. Um, I this team actually reminds me a lot of that 2011 Canucks team, where you just have some sort of like mental block, and if they can somehow scrape their way out of the first round, I think that sure. um, things are gonna open up for them. Um, Russ Russ mentioned it. I think that a very strong defensive team. I. I, I love the way that this team plays strong um, team team defense. They did have a little bit of a dip defensively, obviously against Dallas, but I mean that that's that that's a powerhouse uh, Dallas offense. So I'm not gonna hold that against Toronto just for just for one game. Uh, similarly, um, Kings are coming off a strong game against Ottawa, um, but that's coming on the heels of a string of bad of bad performances. So just like I'm not gonna hold hold that one bad defensive game that the Leafs played against Dallas, even though they did get a shutout, it wasn't a great defensive game. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to hold that against them. I'm not going to give the Kings too much credit here for, for getting it together for one game. So um, it'll be a pass on the side for me. I'll see how high this total gets. Um, we, we have been playing a lot of Leafs unders here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the, one of the nice secrets in, in, in hockey right now. Is the, yeah. The Toronto unders. But um, I think that, if we get to a high point here, I think that I can, I can see myself on the under here closer mm-hmm. to the puck drop. I could easily see three one four one result. You know, Toronto just getting that getting the home win very very easily. Moving on. All right, and, uh, very sorry, quick. We have some breaking news here. All right, who we got? Uh, Brian Elliott is the first goalie off the ice. You called it. Good call. So many. So now watch that. Watch that screen light up, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. There you go. Well, this is what that's why you tune into uh, to Edric. You get instant notifications of what's going to happen in terms of goalies, who's starting that night, and uh, where the screen may move as they get previewed. 
before the news about who's in uh, who's in that that night. But real quick, guys, yes, no. Does Mitch Marner continue the point streak here tonight, making it twenty-one consecutive games? Russ, I'll start with you. Yeah, he should have no issue here uh, continuing the point streak. Um, they the Kings don't have a, you know don't have a great defense, and like I said, I think yeah, I think he could easily easily get a point here. Um, you know, there should be no shortage of goals for Toronto. I think quick is terrible and there should be no shortage of goals on that end. My worry would be that Samsonov would pitch a shutout or, or allow one goal for the, for the total. But yeah, I think Mitch Marner was fine. That should, that should be a, a very good look. And yeah, so I money, think, you think he continues it? Oh yeah. 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 I, yeah I think he's going to get there. I, I yeah, can't see Kings doing anything to like stop that. Yeah. Especially. <laughs> Is this a story in Vancouver? Do they, is this it covered being covered in the media in Vancouver right now? The Mitch Marner point streak? No, <laughs> I, <laughs> I I honestly think that the media in Vancouver go out of their way not to mention too much about Toronto because yeah. we've been so inundated over the years with like yeah. everything being Toronto centric. So so I think there's a conscious effort now to like like not talk about things too much, which I don't get. Like I'm. I don't get the hatred for the Leafs here. Like it's such like an inferiority complex, right? Like, <laughs> like they don't even care about us. Like you talk to like Leafs fans, right? A, yeah. a lot of them actually like the Canucks, right? And like we're sitting here like Leafs this, Leafs that. I mean, like get, get it together. <laughs> All right, moving on to another game on the schedule here tonight: Detroit Red Wings, Florida Panthers going head to head in this one. Detroit just had a solid win over the Tampa Bay Lightning the other night. Um, that's a team that to me, I think they're just a pesky team. Like they're in a good position here. They're currently, um, just outside of, uh, outside of a playoff spot from reading that. They're right. Yeah. They're right ahead of the Panthers. Yeah. And, uh, this is a team that I think could actually potentially push to make the playoffs this season. It'd be hard to take out some of the people ahead of them. But that being said, like they're just kind of fun to watch. They've got young guys in there who are doing pretty well. Um, you got Billy Huso in net for them. He's been pretty good so far with Detroit. Like that's an interesting, fun team to watch. And on the other end, you've got Florida, who's basically kind of panicking a little bit because they bring in a new coach in Paul Maurice. They make massive organizational changes, moving out Huberto and Uyghur and bringing in Matthew Kachuk. And regardless of how you look at it, like that's a huge, huge change there because you also in the process lost Ben Schrott and you lost Claude Giroux during free agency. That Florida team is much different than what they were last season. Barkov has been injured for a period of time. Uh, I see Josh C in the chat here also saying Panthers back after five road games, home for one, next game on the road, like quotations versus Tampa. Like this this Florida team, I just don't really know what to make of them night in, night out. Um, so money, what do you make of the Florida Panthers and then how do you kind of see this matchup? I think the Panthers are a perfect example of how you should not overreact over after one playoff series yes they got swept they got swept by an elite Tampa Bay team where in that first game the way that they lost that game one um it was a coin flip they probably shouldn't have lost and you just don't know how that series plays out 
yes, they struggled against Washington. That was not a surprise with the way that Washington plays, right? So um, on the, the way I looked at them in the playoffs, they should have struggled against Washington. They did, but they found a way to come through. They found a way to come through. It shouldn't have been shocking that they lost to Tampa Bay. Yes, they got swept, but there was a lot of things within those four games that did not warrant that series to be a sweep. But you panic, right? And now you bring in a new coach saying that we need to change everything. You you blow everything up. And similarly to when we were talking about the Senators, I, I think a couple of weeks ago, you sometimes you can't just bring in a new culture and expect it to just click right away, right? Um in the long term, I think Tampa, um, sorry, Florida is okay in the long term. Um, they they have good pieces in place. They've suffered quite a bit of unlucky losses this year too, where they've carried the play, they've generated more offense. They should have won, but then of course it's our old friend Bobrovsky that kind of holds them back, right? So, in this game, I do like the over here, but we need to wait for goalie confirmation. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't look like we're gonna get it for the next half an hour or so. Um, but if it is Bobrovsky and Ned against uh, Nedeljkovic, um, I do like the over. But um, this game is gonna it it really depends on both goalies. So um, if it's if, if it's Huso and Knight, I'll probably lay off. But um, I do need the over for for Bob and Ned. Yep, completely agree. Um, for once, so many and I are on the same side of a Panthers total, which is nice yeah. to see. <laughs> yeah, I locked in the over here right before we turned the mics on at a flat six and a half at plus money. Um, you know, this I talk about this Panthers team every week, and especially when they're playing at home, they're just awesome at home. They're six and two in their last eight games at home. Um, their last 11 games, the totals have been seven, six, six, eight, seven, nine, seven, eight, nine. And ten, and even those uh, those sixes, the over under was at six. So they haven't lost, they haven't gone under in their last eleven games, and for good reason. I mean, this team is starting to figure it out on offense. They're playing really well on offense, and I think their defense is actually trending the opposite direction. Now, I th- I agree with so many where the goalies are a huge part of this play, uh, but for me, I'm pretty confident we're going to see Bobrovsky for the Panthers. And on the other side, it really doesn't matter to me. I mean, Djokovic would be a huge, much better for our over than Huso, but I still have them both over seven goals. So I could easily see, I could honestly see both teams getting to three here. I could see a Panthers kind of a blowout win of five to three or five to two. Either way, this will be, uh, we'll be on the over six and a half at even money here as a, as a locked in play and just hoping, hoping we get Ned's in goal because he's been terrible. 74th in goal saved above expectations, Alex Nodelchovic. So he's just completely fallen off a cliff the last year or so. It is kind of crazy to me that we continuously sit here and have the conversation of like, if Bob is in net, I'm leaning the over. I'm waiting for Bob to go in net. Like, yeah. I, I understand why it's not it's not ridiculous why it's just like that's a guy who's making ten and a half million dollars. I know. Like, yeah, I mean, last year he was awesome. Yeah, we played on him every game last year at home. But yeah, seventy second in gold saved above expectation is old Bob this year. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not gonna come down on him too much because uh, I yeah. still remember um, that series against Tampa Bay where uh, we had Columbus. We actually had Columbus Futures that year, though, the, the year they lost to Boston. So uh, he, uh, 
he's got a soft spot in my heart. No, I absolutely, <laughs> I absolutely agree. Yeah, last year was awesome. I'm not going to come down too hard on him. You know, I'm not going to play against him, but I'll, I'll keep taking the overs there. Fair enough. All right. Two more games here. We can touch through them if there's anything you guys want to get through on on these ones. Winnipeg, yep. St. Louis. Uh, you're talking. I was talking about teams that have new coaches and have kind of adapted to them. Mark Shifley had some very interesting comments about Rick Bonus the other day when they played against the Florida Panthers. I don't know if you guys caught those, but they asked him about it, and he went he went on a run of like a two to three minute response for like no reason, basically being like, "Yeah, we love Rick Bonus. He cares about the players. He does all this stuff for us. Uh, he checks in with us. Blah blah blah." And he just kept going on about how much he loved Rick Bonus and what Rick Bonus is doing there in Winnipeg. And I mean, hey, kudos to Rick Bonus for stepping in and kind of getting a hold of those guys, especially given he came in and basically just took the C away from Blake Wheeler. And it was like, oh my God, this team was bad last year. I don't know if they're going to be able to turn it around. And now they have this nonsense surrounding them. And they have, they have turned it around. They've looked pretty good so far to start this season. They're first in the Central Division. Uh, they're like You're looking at a spot where they've got as many points as Dallas does. They're two games back on Dallas, though, in terms of games played. Like Winnipeg has continued to roll on. They're getting Vesna candidate goaltending out of Connor Hellebuck. And then flip side, St. Louis. This is a team where the coach, we've talked about him potentially being having his hat in the ring for first coach fired. Their goaltending is a tire fire. Jordan Bennington can't stay in the net, whether it's because he's getting kicked out or if it's because he's getting pulled. This this is a t- tale of like two stories here with Winnipeg and St. Louis going head-to-head. Russ, how do you kind of break this one down? Yeah, two teams going in the complete opposite direction here. I think this we had we chatted about this a little bit before coming on air, and this is a very very strange line to me. Um, I actually my numbers actually have it fairly close to where it's at, but when you look at the eye test, I think these teams are just completely different. Uh, Winnipeg seven and three in their last ten, and St. Louis is four and six, just going the opposite direction. And um, like you said, Hellebuck is just amazing. First in goal saved above expectations, first in wins above replacement. Uh, so this guy's just carrying the whole team, I think. Uh, one little concern I do have is the Jets are much, much better team at home. On the road, they're not quite as good as they are at home. I mean, they're just completely dominant at home. But again, I don't think – I don't worry about this Blues team much at all. You know, I have the Blues as the 27th ranked team in my power rankings. And we've got the uh, Winnipeg Jets at the ninth ranked team. So I just don't understand this line at all. And this will be a little bit dependent on goalie. I don't think I would like a play here if we saw Thomas Grease in the net for for the Blues. But if we get Bennington against Hellebuck, Hellebuck, I think that would be. A, I think it's a great play to have the have a ticket on the Jets here. I you know I don't I don't think uh, I don't think this is a trap or one to overthink. You know I just think this line's probably a little bit short on the Jets. Should probably be closer to 130, 135 if we get Hellebuck versus Bennington. Yeah, I like the um I agree. I I like the Jets here as well. Um I'm just waiting for the right strike price because it's going to change depending on St. Louis's goalie. Um as as Russ mentioned, it's uh it's funny Grice is actually an upgrade these days on Bennington. So um I think that uh we we'll have to wait on that a little bit. Um but just um on the Blues as a as as a whole, I'm I was of the 
I was in the camp that I thought Barube was safe. Um, but as this team continues to struggle and um, what I see out of St. Louis is that the precedence was set for um, for that organization to let a coach go um, in the middle of the season when they're having a bad season and they completely turned it around, um, of course, with historic proportions. Obviously, that's not going to happen again, but um, that path was paved already. So um, I don't think that um, as this team continues to struggle that Barube is as safe as I thought he was just uh, just even a week ago. And um, and Armstrong has shown that he's got no problems with with blowing anything up that he feels like. So um, yeah, I I think that this Blues team is is in a bit of a free fall right now. Um, I don't care about that last win um, against the Islanders. Uh, there's a lot going on with the Islanders that that we can touch on another time. But I don't give them much credit for that win. Um, just just like the Kings, um, one one game is not going to change kind of the trajectory that I had for you. So um, I think that um, I, I do like the Jets. I'll probably be on them. Most likely I'll be on them. It's just a matter of um, what what number that it's going to move to once um, once we have goalie confirmation for the Blues. But I think we can we can lock in the Jets right now. There's um, I'll be on them regardless. It's just a matter of uh, waiting on the price. Yeah. Okay. So I am seeing minus 108 right now. Best price uh, there on the Pinnacle Sportsbook. So we will lock that in on the uh, on the Edgework account as well. You can track all these picks in the BetStamp app. If you go to the little button that says Find Betters, it's like little two-person icon there. You click on that, you can search Edgework, and you can track all of our plays in real time. Final game of the night here, guys. Um, I have a couple player props that I'm going to throw out there. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe we can debate through some of them and maybe lock in one or two, but there's four that I've been eyeing. But this is the Ottawa-Dallas game. Ottawa obviously has started to play a little bit better. A lot of it has been on the back of Brady Kachuk. Uh, he basically went into like hero mode and was like, all right, if we're going to win games, it's going to be because of me. And it's kind of funny because after this little run he's been on, a lot of the conversation has been he started to kind of look like his dad. Now, I wasn't fortunate enough to get to watch Keith play. But that being said, there's enough people out there who did get to watch him play making the comparison for me to say that there's probably some merit to that to that sentiment. Now, this Dallas team, on the other hand, they have been very good so far to start this season. They have some new life in them. They've got Jason Robertson, who unfortunately just had his point streak come to an end, but you're looking at a guy who's putting up points at a rapid pace. Jamie Benn finds life with these two young guys on his line, uh, and obviously your your goaltender in Ned Ottinger, he's just been incredible. He was last year. He continues to be this season. So, money, this spot here, Dallas, Ottawa, uh, how do you break this one down? I think it's lined correctly. I think that uh, Dallas should be a pretty good size favorite and and they are um Ottawa they have they have been playing well and they've been getting results lately but just to put things in perspective those wins were against Anaheim LA Rangers and the Sharks right so um yeah. not not exactly a murderer's row there so i think that um we need to uh, kind of tone it back a bit on 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 Ottawa this is a significant step up in class for them right now based on based on the previous opponents. So I think that um, we're, 
were lined correctly. Um, Ottawa's goaltending, it goes in and out. Um, right now, it's kind of on the outs. So uh, we'll see who gets started there. But um, I've, I won't have anything here on the side in total. I think that it's a, it's a, it's a good line with Dallas being a significant favorite and a juice to six and a half. Yep. All right. And Russ, any thoughts on this game? Yeah, just real quick. As you know, if you followed this show, I love, we love playing the stars at home. Always love playing the stars at home, but we will need Forsberg to be confirmed in goal. Now, I don't think we'll see much line movement once he is confirmed, just because I think it's pretty much baked into the line, um, whoever, Talbot or Forsberg. But I think once we get Forsberg, then I'll confirm that. And uh, yeah, it's a simple numbers play for me. I have Dallas more like minus 220 at home here, minus 225. So if you're going to give me minus 180-ish or even um, the regulation price at minus 115, minus 120, then that will definitely be a play for us tonight. Um, yeah, I mean, just a few things going forward or just a few things kind of to add on this. Dallas is fifth in goals for at home, 11th in goals allowed at home. Ottinger's 13th in goals saved above expectation. They're coming off of that terrible, terrible game against the Leafs in which we lost a couple units on that game and Matthew Murray just played amazing. So I think the Stars will come out mean, come out pissed off against the Ottawa team that really cannot do anything on defense. Their defense is just very, very poor. Now they have played better in the last few games. And generally this Sens team has been a play on team for me this year. And both of these teams are are teams that I've liked this year. This the stars at home just trumps, you know, most of my positions. And like I said, as a pure numbers thing, yeah, you know, I don't mind taking the stars regulation minus one twenty or so tonight. So that's a number I'll be looking for once we get Forsberg confirmed in goal. And Ottinger, obviously, if they're if we have Wedgwood for the stars, there'll be no play at all. All right. Um, okay, so I'm gonna throw out these some of these player props. And some of yeah. them is a little tough based on the fact that if it is, we don't necessarily know if it will be Wedgwood or Andre in net here tonight, but their goal scorer props, I'll just throw them out. We can debate them and then maybe lock one in as like a best bet here. So the first one is Drake Batherson, anytime goal scorer plus 280. Uh, Drake Batherson, his expected goals so far this season, he's at 10.4. Uh, the actual goals that he scored has been six, but with this Ottawa team starting to score a little bit more, Drake Batherson's been involved in the offense and creating some of the offense, just hasn't necessarily been on the side of putting the puck in the net for this Ottawa team. And at plus 280, I think that that could be a pretty good spot, especially if you end up with Wedgwood in net for, for the Dallas Stars. Yeah, I mean, if you got Wedgwood in there, this would definitely be a great look. Um, you know, if if I would I would not I would not say the same thing if we get Ottinger in goal. Ottinger yeah. has, has you know he's been known to to just absolutely show out, and I think he played well against the Leafs. They just they just played a lot better on defense, and Murray played played a lot better. Um, yeah, so I think I I'm on, I agree with you completely. If you get Wedgwood here, um, there's a number of Ottawa Sens guys I would like to take to score a goal. And this would potentially be a look for at the over if we get Forsberg and Wedgwood in goal. So, yeah, I don't disagree at all. If you get Ottinger, I would not probably play any of the Sens uh, overs on their, on their player props. 
Another guy that I would throw out there with the Sens on that one as well, you could probably get a pretty good price on him, is uh, especially if you shop around Alex Debrinket, anytime yeah. goal. I was seeing plus 195, but I just think that that guy's goal scoring has got to turn around. Um, numbers would kind of indicate that as well. He's around 12 expected goals on the season, and he only has six so far. Now, that's not like a telltale sign of, hey, this guy will start scoring or should be scoring, but the guy he he's a very good goal scorer and uh i i think at some point here it'll start to catch up a little bit and average out but again it's like as russ has continued to say and beat home on this one like if it's ottinger it's it could be a very tough one uh now on the other side now it to me this one as naive as this may be it doesn't really matter who the goaltender is for ottawa here tonight yeah. i think uh yeah. tyler sagan anytime goal scorer plus 265 could be could be a good look for this game um that yeah. one actually might be one that i would be interested in locking in and it's just like i just think that this ottawa team is a little bit leaky you could have any type of goaltender whether it be either of those two guys they could have a, a wide variety of games that they play on any t- any night um, I think that there could be an opportunity for Dallas to even just respond here and put up a bunch of goals. And Tyler Sagan is a guy who would like to contribute to some of that and, and get in the mix. So I think Tyler Sagan plus 265 could be a good look for a goal tonight. Yep. Yeah, I like uh, I, I like Sagan the best out of them all. Um, I think that um, mm-hmm. if there are goals scored in this game, which I think there will be, um, the chances are a lot of them are coming from the stars. So um, yep. I do... Um, I do agree with the Ottawa guys, but I think there's a better probability of um, of a Sagan coming in for us. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, just to reiterate, yeah, the Suns 17th in expected goals allowed and 23rd in high danger shots against. So they're just getting peppered, peppered with shots every game. Really, really good shots. So yeah, that would be the way I would look to. And Tyler Seagun looks like a great, great angle with how he's been playing lately. All right, well, there you have it. We'll we'll lock in the Tyler Sagan one. So yeah. official ones that we've locked in here tonight is the Detroit, Florida over six and a half. Winnipeg, St. Louis. We have Winnipeg on the money line. Tyler Sagan, anytime goal. A few that we you need to uh, look out for would be um, uh, looking out for goalie matchups, how those lines mm-hmm. might move, how those might affect some things. So keep your eyes peeled for who gets confirmed in here tonight. Guys, thank you so much for, for tuning into this show. If you enjoyed the content, make sure you hit like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can throw us a follow on Twitter at Edgework Show. And if you want to follow all the picks that are given out on this show, make sure that you head on over to the BetStamp app. You can find us on the Find Betters place and you can click on Edgework there. Throw us a follow. You get, track, uh, get notifications in real time. You can track all of the picks that happen. Russ, so money. Thank you guys so much. Good luck on your bets here tonight, and I will see you guys next Thursday. Yep. Thanks, Good guys. Luck. Good luck. Thanks, guys.